I'm Bob Dickey, and welcome to another episode of Taking the Leap Podcast. My guest today is Miguel Colatayud, the founder and CEO of iWe. Miguel has a Bachelor of Arts in Business, a Master of Finance from ESIC, an MBA from Comillas Pontifica University, and he also graduated from the Harvard Business School Executive Program. Miguel is a member of the Young Presidents Organization, YPO, and is home-based in Houston, Texas. He spent the last 25 years in the food and agriculture industries and is now helping to revolutionize both with brand new food tech and agri-tech. Iwi is an innovative algae nutrition company building sustainable and scalable nutritious food to feed the world's growing population. His revolutionary technology uses non-arable land, salt water, and the sun as their sole energy source to produce the world's best omega-3 and complex proteins. In the process, he's creating jobs in new industries for local populations. Iwi has been featured on CNN, The Wall Street Journal, Forbes, The Guardian, Fast Company, and many other outlets. I think this is going to be a fascinating conversation, so let's jump right in. McGill, my friend. It is great seeing you. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. I know you're a, a busy guy, and um, I know you've you've earmarked a little bit of time for us this morning. And I'm I'm super excited to be able to chat with you about all the interesting things that you're doing. Thank you very much, Bob. It's an honor to be uh, at your podcast, and uh, looking forward to spending the next hour or so with you. Well, I tell you what, you know, you and I uh, are very blessed to have interesting classmates all over the world doing incredible things. Whenever we get together and we, uh, whether it's our WhatsApp groups or uh, times that we have various reunions and we get together, we hear people uh, changing the world, starting businesses, leading businesses, making changes in the world. And every now and then you hear of something, you're like, it, it causes you to have a moment of pause and say, oh my goodness, what's going on? And that was a recent experience I had when I heard of one of your new entrepreneurial pursuits, and I mean, you've been showcased in Forbes magazine, the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, CNN, um, you have figured out a way. So at a time when the world population is uh, dealing with hunger and they're looking for uh, nutrient food sources, you have figured out a way to be able to take... Uh, non-usable land, I guess is what, it, what, it, what it's called, and a, a desert land and uh, salt water and grow algae and create this super abundant, incredible food source, proteins, uh, supplements for the world's population. When I heard it, it's like, you've got to be kidding me. What in the world is going on? Now, you come with from a rich background in food sciences and so forth, but I'd, I'd love for you to just be able to spend some time and share with us today you know, how did you stumble across this? And tell us a little bit about your company and your vision and what you're doing. It's it, it's quite remarkable. So, so uh, first of all, thank you very much for such a uh, amazing introduction. Uh, I feel humbled with that. Uh, I've been in the in the food business for over 25 years. I, I normally say over 20, but it's probably over 27, so I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and always with. Uh, with farming uh, related practices, I used to grow over 800 million pounds of vegetables uh, on a yearly basis all over the world in order to produce frozen food and and then done skillet meals played with many different types of protein. But through the the years, one of the main challenges that I was seeing was 
uh, finding more difficult to find more arable land in the United States or arable land in Europe or other places, and and which is even more important, freshwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we are a growing population today. We are close to eight billion people, and we are planning to reach ten billion people within the next thirty years. And and the big question is, how are we going to feed all those people? And and the answer is doing more with less and and using resources that otherwise would not be utilized, right? And and, and in this particular case, what we do is in 2000, and I've done a lot of things, but in 2015, I really wanted to do something impactful. And, and I discovered this platform, technology platform with technology from Israel to grow a very unique type of algae called nanocoropsis. And, and basically what we do is we grow algae in the middle of the desert. We have two farms, one in Texas and one in New Mexico, and we use non-arable land, salt water, the sun as the main source of energy. Uh, we consume CO2, we release oxygen, and we are creating jobs in the middle of nowhere. So, so in many ways, we are democratizing farming. Mm-hmm. And, and the long-term vision is eventually building this type of farms all over the world and and being able to bring farming practices capabilities to places in the planet where they could not even dream about it right and and what is even more interesting is uh with this unique algae called nanochloropsis uh, we produce two main things one a unique type of supplements we produce a very unique omega-3 and also a very unique protein mm-hmm. uh, we have different patents. Uh, our omega-3 is the highest absorption omega-3 in the planet. People are familiar with fish oil and krill oil. Mm-hmm. We don't, people don't know is that fish and krill do not generate omega-3. It is the algae they eat through their lives what provides them with the omega-3. So what we do is we go directly to the source, right? And, wow. and because of that, and, and there's other algae sources, but our algae in particular uh, is in a polar lipid form and it has almost three times the absorption of fish oil. So it's something very unique. And then to finalize this, once we remove that oil, which is the omega-3, what is left is pure protein. And our protein actually is better than egg, better than whey. It's a complete protein. It has all the amino acids. But in addition to that, it's extremely soluble. Mm-hmm. I, I use published an article recently about our protein protein comparing it with egg, whey, and other proteins, and, mm-hmm. and it's really a breakthrough. And just to finish with this and, and linking it to the growing population, in an acre of land, you can grow about 20 pounds of essential amino acids per acre per year from peas. Mm-hmm. You can grow about 71 pounds of essential amino acids per acre per year from beef. We produce 6,000. What? And so it's really a breakthrough. But what is even more important, Bob, is we are not competing with other sources of protein for that arable land or that fresh water because we do not use fresh water. What we do is we use the land that nobody wants, and it's great. So our solution is not instead of. We are not trying to compete with other sources of food. Mm-hmm. Our solution is in addition, to, right? Like you need about... $9,000 of fresh water to produce one pound of essential amino acids from peas. You need 17,000 gallons of fresh water to produce one pound of essential amino acids from beef. We use zero. 
we use salt water, which is in most deserts in the world, you can find salt water and, and we reuse that water over and over again. Like we reuse 98% of the water uh, when we harvest and the only loss is coming through evaporation. That's absolutely incredible. Like the triple bottom line here. I mean, you don't see any negative, right? You're taking land that's, you know, not usable or nobody else is wanting. You're using, you're not using fresh water, which is uh, a scarce resource globally, uh, creating something amazing, also creating jobs. Yeah. Help me like, uh, I'm I'm a novice in this space. So if you're wanting to uh, expand, you're looking at all these locations around the uh, the globe. When you say salt water, it, um, it, is it like salt water, like ocean water? Or would, are, are you able to like? Would you be able to go to like uh, locations around the world that are um, uh, you know desert locations, but border the the sea and start farming these? Like you have Texas and you've got New Mexico, right? Though not necessarily adjacent to large. Um, bodies of water, but I'm just curious. I mean, it's, is this something you could be doing in Africa? Is it be something you could be doing in the Middle East? So, so this is perfect. That's a perfect definition. So, so we can grow this in East Africa, in in the Middle East, in Southeast Asia. But actually, you don't need to be close to the ocean. Like most deserts in the world, like 90 percent plus, whatever. But most deserts, I don't want to give a number, but the majority of deserts, you can find a lot of water. Mm-hmm. in those deserts. It is underground water, like our farm in Texas and our farm in New Mexico. The one in Texas is on the Permian area. You have plenty of water. We have one of the biggest aquifers you know, in the region. The only challenge is that that water has high salinity and high minerality, which is something you cannot use for conventional crops. And that's why it's a desert or a semi-desert, right? So that condition you can find in most deserts in the world. I was not aware of that. That is amazing. In our case, because our algae is a marine algae, Nanocoropsis is a a marine algae that that can be found in the North Atlantic Ocean. So we just, the, the beauty of what we do is we use that salt water, which is, in a, an ancient ocean, mm-hmm. so now underground and it's been preserved for hundreds of thousands of years, if not millions of years. Super clean water, no heavy metals, no nothing. We do analysis all the time. So it's completely clean, mm-hmm. beautiful. And then we are completely insulated from any other crop. We are completely insulated from anything. So that really allows us to create a, a perfect crop in a perfect environment with an amazing water and allows us to make the algae that, that we have and, and get the products we, we, we sell, right? Let's back up a little bit. And I want to get a better understanding of how you discovered this. It, it, did, did you go to a conference? Did you, you know, what led, what's the origin story of this idea? Did you, did you come up with this all yourself? How did you piece all this together? I'm always fascinated about the origin story of, you know, an entrepreneur's journey and, you know, their discovery. So, so like many times, sometimes it's, it's kind of half an accident, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's almost always an accident, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so uh, I was again for many, many years leading a, a European company, uh, for many years, and and we grew a lot harvesting. I built a, a frozen food company here in the United States, but really wanted to make an impact and and really wanted to do a transition to make something bigger or different, at least, right? Mm-hmm. Really impactful, more on the health and wellness, and we will talk about healthy nutrition in a minute. Yeah. But but really wanted to do that, and someone approached me and said, "Hey, Miguel, look, we we we've seen what you've done, and this is a." 
crazy project. This is a crazy technology that's, that it was just uh, developed there in Israel. Would you be willing to take a look to it? I took a look to it and in 2016, jumped into this with the two feet and, and we created, uh, the company is called Qualitas Health, but we created EWI as a brand and, and we just turned a technology platform into a company and we started selling supplements and now we will talk later, but uh, exclusively, uh, we are about to launch a line of protein. Um, we are going to be presenting in Expo West. And uh, so this is a, a premiere. We've not talked about this with anybody. So, Bob, you are getting the uh, exclusive news that we are launching protein. Oh, my gosh. All right. So you're, you're, this, is, this is breaking news right now. It's going to change the, uh, the course of human civilization. It's going to impact millions of lives. And people are hearing it on this podcast first. Well, Miguel, look at you. Thank you so much. So what we are launching is a three-ounce aluminum bottle. Oh, my gosh. With 16 grams of protein, extremely bioavailable, and it tastes amazing. Mm -hmm. So we believe this is going to have a, a severe impact on on nutrition, and and not just in, for people active like you and I, but imagine a bit about you know imagine uh, senior living uh, kids. We will talk a lot about kids mm -hmm. later uh, because uh, it's a, in, nutrition is critical, but yeah. healthy nutrition is, is is even more important. So, uh, um, it, so this is going to to contribute with that. So, in the end, we close the circle. We have a very sustainable crop that allows to create jobs in the middle of nowhere, democratizing farming, mm -hmm. and allows us to produce amazing supplements and amazing nutrients. And now jumping into food and nutrition with this protein. So we are super excited about this. Well, for those who are listening to the podcast and uh, don't have the benefit of what I just saw uh, on Zoom here, we're uh, conducting this over a, a Zoom call. You held up a beautiful little uh, bottle. It looks like a vial almost um, uh, of what your product is going to look like. And I have here on my desk, my family, you, you were so generous to give me uh, a number of uh, bottles of your your product, and my my wife and my children have been taking this. We absolutely love this brand. I've been sharing it with friends and telling people about it. And I said, "Hey, you're gonna you're gonna hear this guy. He's gonna be on the podcast. You're gonna hear all about the the story." But the product is amazing. And one of the things that I love about it is I have a daughter who has uh, some medical. Uh, needs and she, but she's specifically a vegetarian, and we're always looking for ways in which she can get great protein in her diet, uh, but from you know natural, you know plant-based sources. And so I cannot wait for her to try uh, this product that you're you're releasing. And when, when is the release date? What, what, what can people go out to your website and order us in the near future? We are presenting it in uh, in Expo West next week, but uh, it will be available sometime early Q. Uh, early, late June, early July, okay. it would be available out there. So sometime in Q3, let's put it that way. Perfect. Well, we're going to make sure to put your website and all the the product features and benefits and so forth in the show notes, so people can be going out there and uh, researching. Where where can uh, people learn more? Uh, tell me about it's Ewe, right? Am I pronouncing that correct? So the, the website is uh, ewilife.com. I W I Live. Dot com and and you can see videos of our farms uh, you can see educational videos you can find our products you you can uh, see the farms which are uh, pretty cool by the way 
Um, the pictures are stunning. I mean, it looks it looks like something right out of a science fiction novel, right? Like you're, you, you, I mean, <laughs> growing something out in the middle of the deserts. I mean, it's just absolutely unreal. It is, and 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 as you as you know, I've seen millions of acres of conventional crops through my life, and but this is the most impressive thing I've ever seen in my life. It, this is really a game changer for farming, food, nutrition, and and. Um, and I'm really excited to be part of this. So uh, tell me again w- the amount of protein that that little uh, bottle holds and what, what would it be? Uh, how, how does it taste? How does the product taste? And just so people can get a little bit of an understanding of, the, of this product you're holding up in your hand. So so the, uh, the, the, uh, in my experience in food, mm-hmm. when you have an amazing protein, so it's a complete protein. Okay. So it has all the essential amino acids, and it has more branch chain amino acids than egg and whey. So for recovery, for muscle, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, but there are three important things when you have a beverage or ready to drink. Number mm-hmm. one is taste. Number two is taste. And number three is taste. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a trend here. <laughs> so... If you want to be successful, it's not enough having a complete protein, a great product, uh, technically superior to others. Mm-hmm. It must taste good. Mm-hmm. If not, you will not be successful. So our team has been developing a very, very unique technology. We have amazing partners and 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 team members who've developed a very unique technology of microencapsulation that allows us to put a crazy amount of protein in a very small amount of liquid water and uh, it, it will provide you with 33% of the protein you need on a daily basis, right? So so it's very significant. And, and when you think about protein consumption and, and it has some uh, fiber too and, and very little calories, mm-hmm. so it's a perfect nutritional complement for your, our everyday, you know, uh, and for different type of people. So if you're, I mean, I remember when I was a competitive athlete at the University of Tennessee and then later on in the military, I was constantly um, purchasing all these over-the-counter shakes from like GNC and other places, the protein shakes and so forth. I, I was consuming so much of it. And so now, I mean, if you're, if I, you're, you're into fitness, you don't need that. Because a lot of that is, as you know, is filled with all sorts of fillers and chemicals and compounds that actually really aren't that good for you. And here you've designed something that actually has better protein, more protein. It's 100% natural with vitamins and nutrients. And you can literally take it in that little, uh, it, it almost looks like a five-hour energy you know, shot that you're holding up. A little, It's just like a small little shot. It is actually a six-hour protein, right? It is just one-third of uh, so, uh, or eight, uh, eight hours protein, I would say, because yeah. uh, it is one third of a protein you need. So, and it's all natural ingredients, mm-hmm. super clean ingredients. We have a very clean label, which, as you said, the majority of the uh, ready to drink products mm-hmm. out there, first, they don't taste good, but then their label is not as clean as they should. Mm-hmm. In our case, we really prioritize taste and, and performance, but mm-hmm. everything needs to be on a clean way. I, I would never be able to produce anything that I would not give to my kids, right? And and this is the perfect product that, you know, for, for you to take and, and, and on, a, on a healthy way and, and clean way. 
What's your go-to-market strategy? Are you, how are you guys planning on, um, you know, expanding the brand? And I mean, it's a it's a beautiful brand. I love the bottle and the artwork and everything that you have here. And you know, again, my family has been enjoying taking taking these. And um, but I'm I'm interested to hear how you plan on growing your business and expanding. Today we are in, in in you know very strong on the natural channel already with the Iwi brand. We are in all this. Whole Foods in the country, mm-hmm. all the sprouts in the country, many of the independent stores, uh, also vitamin shop, uh, you know, in, in HEV, we are in Central Market and in other places, some of the Kroger stores. So we are expanding our distribution with the supplement uh, products. Mm-hmm. And now we are launching a new line of products that is going to be also more accessible price-wise to, to different people. So uh, we are expanding our presence in many other retailers and and we are growing significantly on our website ewilife.com but also through amazon and other online platforms so basically we have a an omni-channel strategy and and we are going to do exactly the same thing with the protein it's completely aligned and and many of the existing partners we have are really excited about you know the next step expanding our supplement line with a line of protein and and it because it's clean and it's in a you know, aluminum sustainable packaging. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is, is is really nice. It tastes good. It, it feels amazing. So I'm, I'm addicted to this thing. So it's it, it's really nice. Tell me about the uh, challenges that you've had maybe uh, during COVID or post COVID as you've been you know growing and expanding your business. I would imagine that. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm watching you right now and you, you, you rolled your eyes and put your hand on your face. It's just like, almost like, oh my goodness, there's been so much brain damage, so many headaches. You know, it's, I found it interesting to uh, talk to entrepreneurs, uh, business leaders, and, you know, get insight from them on how they've navigated these last couple of years. Cause it has been challenging everything from, you know, shutdowns to supply chains. And here you are. Um, launching a brand new business, you're expanding, you're trying to hire, and arguably one of the most difficult business environments the world has seen in the past few generations, right? It's like from um, just all the uncertainty, everything that's happening, uh, what what have you learned? How, how did you do it? So very interesting question. Um, so, so first of all, luck, luckily we control the most important part, which is the production of the allergy. Mm-hmm. And, and that is something that we control. And then but the rest of the supply chain, encapsulation and packaging and, and, uh, and, and you know, bottling and, and things like that, we, we have third party partners and, and, uh, and it's been really challenging. I mean, bringing some of the ingredients, the, uh, the supply chain went from four weeks to 16, 20, mm-hmm. uh, 60 weeks like crazy like i mean and and there are many things that you cannot control and and it was difficult and when you are dealing with customers i mean they understand that there's a supply chain issue out there but but they don't want you to to be the one that is not delivering right so it's been challenging and and that has impact in in everything it it is as a business it has impacts in your cash flow it has impact on on uh, sales it has impact on the relationship it has impact on cost because you have to expedite things. You mm-hmm. think hidden cost goes through the roof. Yeah. But thankfully, we've been able to navigate. As I say, we have a an amazing team. I also haven't. You know, I'm lucky to count with uh, an amazing group of investors. We yeah. have a great board and, and, and a great group of investors who've been 
one million percent supportive of the company. They believe in the project. They believe in what we are doing. And, and otherwise, it would have been really impossible mm -hmm. to navigate through, through all these times, right? So, so thankfully, we are growing. Uh, actually, during the, the first year of grow of of COVID, from 20 to 21, we grew like 90 percent. So it was a, a big growth. Um, in, in uh, you know, navigating through that. The, the challenge, Bob, is everything we are doing is new. Mm -hmm. From the technology of growing the algae, we are the only ones growing this algae at a scale in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to invent every single step. And then when you go to market, you have to create, it's a new category that didn't exist. So we had to first create a category, go to market, explain it, create a product, create a brand. So it's a complexity over, mm -hmm. you know, completely different levels of complexity. And, and um, but once said that, once you have a brand, once you properly explain it, and once you have the right team, which in the end is the most important thing, then it, you know, is when expansion comes, when people start to understand. And the most important thing is consumers are, as you were mentioning, are extremely happy. We have thousands of reviews from consumers that are screaming about, you know, how impactful this product have been in their lives. We have very strong clinical studies um, about you know health effects mm -hmm. on our product, which you cannot find in any other omega three, and and same thing with the protein, right? How much uh, do you feel that the story of Iwi Life, and, uh, and I know that that's the brand and and so forth, but it, it, you you don't just have an incredible product that has incredible results and efficacy and and do doing all these you know great things for the folks that are taking it. But it, you also have this really unique and distinctive story, as you just mentioned a few moments ago. You're inventing an entire n new way of uh, farming and agriculture. You're creating new jobs. And it feels like the, the, the story of your business and your company is just as powerful as the, the efficacy of the product. I mean, how do you see those two interplay? Do you, do you, um, is one more... Um, beneficial than the other? Are they just uniquely intertwined? I'd, I'd love to hear your insights on that. That's a, a great question. So, so many times in life, you have to choose between making an impact mm -hmm. or making a profitable business. Mm -hmm. In our case, it is completely the same thing. Yeah. Because what we are doing is very impactful for those communities. We are creating food out of nowhere using resources that otherwise would not be utilized and producing not just an amazing amount of protein and oils, mm -hmm. but also extremely healthy because people talk about food, they talk about plant-based food, but plant-based doesn't always mean healthy. Mm -hmm. In our case, health is one of our core things. So linking, making an impact in those communities and democratizing farming while making unique, healthy products that customers love, not because they are, I mean, this is very important. If you want to have a successful business, you need to convince not the buyers of the retailers, not you know, the buyers of food service, you have to convince the consumer. And the only way to convince the consumer is creating products which are better, or equal or better than the best product they have in the market. And this way, consumers will buy your product because it's the best option they have. Mm -hmm. And 
it is plant-based and it is sustainable. That's why I was talking about taste. So in our case, we have that. So the bigger the impact we make, the more farms we create, the more jobs we create, the bigger the business we have. So, and the bigger the business we have, the bigger the impact we can make. But this is bigger than you. I truly believe this is a revolution in farming and nutrition. I believe I'm going to have my life and you know linked to this for the rest of my life because what we have here is really a technology breakthrough that on a natural, plant-based and healthy way is also going to impact millions of people's lives, not just on a health way, but also on a living jobs and food and, and, and other possibilities. Well, I certainly can see it. And I know that you and I have um, sat in some classes together over the years. Uh, we've heard uh, various professors talk about some of the challenges that uh, global governments have right now. And, you know, hey, are we going to, I remember a, a conversation uh, Rawi, uh, Professor Rawi Abdullah was giving at HBS and it was uh, uh, in regards to the political challenges in the economy of uh, South Africa. And there was a discussion around, well, you know, politicians are going to have to decide, are you going to make decisions for future generations or current generation? And they're not going to be able to do both. And there was this discussion about the a, a, a segment of the global population that's going to get left behind. And a lot of times it was, it was folks that were being left behind economically, um, it, just because there wasn't enough uh, jobs and economic resources for them. And well, I'd love to, for you to maybe double click on the aspect of this. So you, you've mentioned it a couple of times about uh, job creation. And um, that is really, really interesting because you're also putting these, I know I've had conversations with you in the past, you're putting these in locations where there aren't a lot of jobs. I mean, you're literally bringing industry to places where there is no industry. You're creating jobs in the middle of the desert and uh, I'd love for you to just share a little bit of the story of the, the, the folks who are, uh, and, and these are kind of skilled, these are skilled jobs. This is a new type of technology, You're, right? These are, these are good jobs. People are learning, they're developing something new. You're impacting communities. Tell us a little bit more about that story. So, so uh, it's, I mean, we are scaling more and more. To, we started with one farm. Now we have two farms. By the way, today we have 150 acres. And, and coming from my world, 150 acres sounds very little, right? Mm -hmm. But a, our 150 acres equals to 45,000 acres of peace in terms of production of essential amino acids. Wow. So that's a revolution. When you mm -hmm. talk about efficiencies, when you talk about using resources to produce and generate food, it's great. And you do it with people. So you have a skilled jobs. And then you have, you know, people that have to feed the algae on a daily basis. And we have open raceways. You mm -hmm. will see, I mean, you, you see the pictures and you can see them on the website. But it's, there are open ponds. It's just about, you know, three feet of water because you need the sand mm -hmm. to, to get there. We do photosynthesis. We have a lot of chlorophyll. We have a lot of nutrients. And you need those jobs. Just to give you an idea, in, in some of those communities, you, you can see, you know, there's a new school, there's a new restaurant, there's a new... So, so you can really uh, start seeing that little community to flourish again, mm -hmm. uh, business like that. And imagine doing that in communities in Africa, in Southeast Asia, Middle East. Um, uh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. and, and then 
That is one aspect, creating jobs. But think about food security. Mm -hmm. In many countries, especially in the Middle East, they are just creating ministries for food security. And, and that, you know, we've been invited by different governments there to talk about food security and how can you, you do, um, you know, like, I don't know, the, the Emirates, for example, they talk about, they have the three S, sun, sand, and salt water. And, and, and this is what we need. Yeah. And by the way, another thing that everybody's talking about is the CO2 consumption. Actually, it's our biggest cost. So it's funny, the, the, what we do is we just consume CO2 and we, re, and we release oxygen. So each kilo of, or each pound or kilo of algae consumes two pounds or two kilos of CO2 oh uh, of the production. So in addition to that, we are helping, you know, to regenerate our um, atmosphere and, and our air. So we are contributing in super, in many, many ways from job creation to food production, to um, just cleaning the air and CO2 sequestration. So, so we check basically all the boxes to produce amazing products, which are not just healthy, but also delicious. Just as I'm listening to you, share all this i just have to smile because every single time that you know things look dark right and i you and i have both probably heard some of the similar uh news and various prognosticators that will talk about you know the we've reached peak globalization and peak population and the the world isn't going to be able to sustain you know this or that or you know we're going to be you know food insecure and then somebody like you a story like you comes out where uh, you have a new invention, a new insight, and you're able to create something almost out of nothing, take latent assets um, and and do something amazing. And so I just I, I'm always amazed by human uh, ingenuity and the the entrepreneurial uh, risk takers and pe people who are pushed the boundaries and do amazing things to solve problems you know in the in the midst of all this i want to pivot up maybe a little bit back towards you now you're talking about the invention of your company and the invention of these new farming techniques and the the great things that are happening and how you how you're creating something new tell me how you're changing i mean you, you're you, I've, I've known you now for over a decade and uh, you, you're a lifelong learner. You're, you're, every time we get together, you're talking about what you're learning and books that you're reading. You know, how has this process impacted you? And how are you changing over the last couple of years? Um, how are you growing as a leader? How are you growing as an entrepreneur? What are, what are the things that you're learning? I'm, I'm laughing because, uh, you know, I, I believe in extreme ownership. Mm -hmm. and there's a book, Extreme Ownership. I've been lucky to meet Joko. And uh, it's it's a life changing book. I believe in that. Uh, many times, people as they grow in their business, they become stronger, and sometimes their egos grow. Right? Mm -hmm. This thing has been the most humbling thing. It has ever happened to me in my life. I mean, really? you realize. I mean, yes, because you are inventing things. You have a lot of failures. You have a lot of, you know, emotions. You think is going to happen, and it doesn't work. And you have to learn from scratch. So in the end, it's all it's not about being right. I have a 13-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. I will never be right again in my life, Bob. Mm -hmm. So I just want to be successful. <laughs> and, 
And this business and this technology, it puts you in your place. It's the most humbling experience ever. You cannot control time sometimes. Once you have the technology, yes, it's about execution, go to market, and we have an amazing team uh, that can turn a, a concept into product. But just going through that, those technology breakthroughs, and we've had many. Mm-hmm. Feeding that algae, growing that algae, keeping that algae alive, uh, we because we grow twelve months a year, mm-hmm. right? So, um, harvesting, drying it, extracting it. Then we have a pattern. We have a composition of matter pattern on the on the algae, and we have a composition of matter pattern pending mm-hmm. uh, on the protein. It's also been a breakthrough every day. I mean, I'm here, you know, talking, but you know me already. I mean, the whole last week we were at the university in Minnesota, just with this new 2.0 protein encapsulation. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very humbling process. You realize that you really depend on your team. You really depend on amazing, intellectually brilliant people who contribute. And, and this is the best example of you cannot have a star who does things if you are able to combine this group of unique minds, put them together, working towards the, the same goal, it's amazing. And by the way, in this project, Bob, we have people who are motivated business-wise or job-wise, mm-hmm. but the grand majority are motivated to really change the world and to really change food and nutrition as we know it. And, and that's really unbelievable because that allows you to get into your team people that you would not be able to afford Mm-hmm. And that they do this not because of the money, but they really want to contribute to a better world. So to me, it's been humbling under many perspectives, right? And it has changed my life completely. Uh, you, sometimes you have to learn to be patient. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to go and, and invent ways to create things because your customers are requesting and you have to make it happen for a certain timing. Uh, but in the end, it's all about what we all know and and we've learned with Boris and with uh, and and with uh, Professor Rawi, and it is the, the team is the key. The culture is key, and um, it, it, and this experience has been unbelievable under that perspective. And obviously, I'm a new person. I'm a new leader, um, thanks to this experience. Tell, tell me a little bit about what you see with a team that is motivated by the mission. Um, more so than say just the the financial rewards or the, hey this is a job. I think you and I have been in business long enough to where we've uh, been with companies or we've known organizations where it was just very transactional. People are like, hey, I got a great job. I love it. I go to work nine to five, punch the clock. Uh, I'm getting paid. Great. All right, now I'm going home. And you can tell uh, there's a different culture in a business like that as opposed to a business where people are walking through the front door. And yes, those things. Are are, you know, important, a paycheck, you know, uh, health benefits and things like that. Most people wouldn't do a job uh, for free. There's certain requirements that we need to, you know, meet uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, But once those are met, there's a different businesses like yours where people are walking through the front door and they're excited because they're like, man, I'm changing the world. I'm doing something amazing. I'm doing something that's going to outlive me. That's going to impact mankind. It's going to impact my kids, my grandkids, um, the, the world around me. There, there's something special about businesses 
in cultures like that where people are motivated from, uh, to a higher ideal. Can you give us maybe some examples that you've seen in your career of, of, of the inverse? How do you create that? Um, how do you protect that? What do you what do you see um, as you're a leader in that type of environment? Um, so there's a lot of people motivated just for money, uh, but more and more, especially when you reach a certain level in your life and your career, and and some of the minimum and basic things are covered, you are motivated for something else. Mm -hmm. So you have a mission and vision, and this is great. But there's something that changed everything, which is a purpose. Mm -hmm. In our company, we have a purpose, which is together we create sustainable food solutions for everyone in our planet. And, and that's very important. And that has been key to be able to attract some of the talent that we currently have in our company that would not have been able to economically afford some of the people mm. that decided to come to work with us if it was not because of their motivation. So you have a professional and economical motivation. Then you have a purpose-driven mm. motivation. Mm -hmm. What we are trying to do, and this is very much related to conscious capitalism, is when you combine both, mm -hmm. when you transform the world, create a better place, make a revolution in farming and nutrition mm -hmm. while creating a profitable company which is going to be paying back their investors and is going to create some impact positive impact on the people working in the company mm -hmm. economically wise so it's a win-win for everyone and that's the beauty of this and i believe in this type of business more and more right this is what a conscious capitalism is it is how can we create companies that make a direct impact in the world while making an impact on their shareholders? So mm -hmm. for me, Bob, they're what I call the big five. Mm -hmm. Number one, it is the boss. The boss is the most important person in the business, but the boss is not the CEO. It is not the chairman. It is not the board. The boss is the consumer. They know what the trends are, what is the price that they are willing to pay, if the product is good, is bad. They decide. They pay our salaries. They pay for our R&D. Consumer is key, yeah. right? Number two is your team members. You cannot have great consumers if you don't have an outstanding group of team players who believe in the project, mm -hmm. who believe in the purpose of the company and leave that purpose. And then they have relentless execution as their goal. Okay. Number three, you need partners, suppliers, um, retailers, partners up the chain of command and down or the, the, the food chain, right? Number four, it is the community. It is critical that you do what you do impacts the community in a positive way. And for us, that is key. And the number five, it is the equity, the capital, mm -hmm. the investors. Oh, that's interesting. And, and it's very important, but there needs to be a balance. So the five of them are equally important. So the consumer, if we just focus on the consumer, we give the product for free, but the company goes bankrupt. Mm -hmm. If you just focus on the money, you will not 
be able to get good quality product, you will not be doing good for the environment, you will not be able to pay good salaries, so you would not have good people, etc., etc. It's a balance. Mm -hmm. and, and the five of them are equally important, but there's a sequence. Mm -hmm. Like when you are growing a plant, there's a sequence. You have the sowing, you have fertilizing, you have irrigating, you have harvesting, mm -hmm. and then commercializing. Mm -hmm. Which of those five processes are is more important. The five of them are equally important, but there's a sequence. Yeah. You can start harvesting if you didn't plant before, if you didn't irrigate before. So these are the, the way we think about the big five in the company, right? The, the consumer, your your partners in, in the company, your your you know your team members, your partners in the industry, the community, and the investors. You've mentioned a couple times now how proud you are of the investors that you have, members that you have on the board. You just highlighted it here uh, in the proper sequence at the end of the big five. Uh, can you share with us a little bit when you're as a CEO, you know, when you're out fundraising, you're out putting the company together and you're looking for the right investors, you're looking for the right equity partners. Uh, are there things that you're specifically looking for? I mean, you, you, is there like a checklist where you're saying, yeah, this, this individual or this organization, they're not going to be a good fit. They, they have different plans and they, they're going to want to go in a different direction. I'm looking for these things right here in my equity partners. How, how have you been able to navigate that and make good decisions? So, uh, this is something you learn through time, right? But in a company like ours, you, the same way you need a certain specific type of professionals and team members yeah. in terms of qualification, background, but also attitude. Mm -hmm. They need to be super entrepreneurial. They need to be willing and, and capable to accept imperfection, uncertainty, because we are inventing everything. So mm -hmm. we are building the house while we need to be living there. So same thing on the investor side. They need to understand food. They need to understand that we are changing the world and they need to, to be prepared for that. But most importantly, the way I see our investors, and that's why we are lucky, is our partners, our investors are not just a source of money. They are a source, they have a lot of experience on food tech. They are, we are lucky to have some of the most important uh, food tech investors in the world a lot of experience in the everyday of those companies. They understand farming, they understand manufacturing, they understand retail, they understand that. So, so it's amazing people. And which is more important, the, the partners we have, most of them are people who in every round they keep contributing. Mm -hmm. So it is not that every time you bring new people, you do. Right. But these people continue supporting you. So we've been lucky to, and, and again, I, I don't believe in luck. I mean, luck is handed out at 5 a.m. in the morning. So you, you just have to be there, right? <laughs> I love that. Yes, yes, so yeah. true. So, we, so, so we, we've been lucky, uh, and, and uh, between quotes, yeah. uh, to, to have these people that they believe in the project, they are fully supportive of the project, and, and they are just walking the journey with us and they are willing to continue walking the journey with us. And that brings you a lot of, you know, peace of mind. It gives you a lot of power mm -hmm. to take, you know, difficult tasks and, and investments and decisions for the future, which otherwise with just conventional uh, short-term investors, you would not be able to do. 
You mentioned something here a second ago that I have not heard before. I've heard the term fintech, you know, financial technology, medtech, edtech. There's all sorts of new, um, you know, people tag tech on the back of a lot of different uh, industries. But you said food tech, and I hadn't thought about that. And you've been in the food business for your entire career. You, as I look at your your resume and your background, it is uh, quite impressive of all the various things that you've been able to do. I'd love for you to maybe share with listeners who may not know a lot about food tech or the advancements in um, this particular space. What what excites you? I mean, obviously your 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 own company, the, the, these inventions and these things that you're you're doing excite you. But do you see other things that are happening in the realm of food tech and advancements there that excite you about the future? Absolutely. And, and let me before food tech, we are doing two things: agri tech and food tech. Okay, agri tech and food tech. So so in the end, first of all, we are finding different ways of growing vegetables, because in the end, our nanocorruptions is a vegetable with completely different resources and for completely different purposes. The end use is going to be the same, food and nutrients, but using completely different solutions, Mm -hmm. which are not just more nutritious, but also healthier and delicious. So, So that's very important. And it's important to have the raw material and the production, which is also contributing to that big plan of feeding the world, mm-hmm. feeding billion people within the next 30 years, by the way. Mm-hmm. It is tomorrow. And if we don't change their food production systems, we won't have enough food, we won't have enough water, that's for sure, right? In order to feed all these people. Right. And food tech is the same thing. Now there's related to this big purpose mm-hmm. to feed the world using different resources, all these new companies that are inventing new technologies to produce food, which is healthy for you, not always, but healthy for the planet. Um, You know, there's been a revolution, especially in the last 10, 15 years. and, And we started seeing Beyond Meat, Impossible, all those people who, in my opinion, they started changing the, the the concept of food and and what plant-based so the same thing as testing you remember the the previous electric cars they were all ugly and they yeah. they were not very appealing and suddenly you know they brought the design and and they brought the range and they brought the performance so same thing in this they, 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 these pioneers they started inventing food that was coming from plant-based sources or more efficient ways and sustainable. Now, our goal is to continue on that trend. And so we are just inventing new ways of producing food in a, but we are the healthy component. Mm-hmm. In our case, health is extremely critical. It's one of our pillars and health, not just for us, but also for our planet. So sustainability is, you know, another pillar, right? So, so in our case, we have a lot of clarity on what our purpose is that I mentioned before. And agri-tech and food tech is the way we are inventing new ways of farming and new ways of producing food in order to have a healthier, 
community. So we will talk later about obesity and, and fighting hunger. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm also involved on the Houston Food Bank, which is the biggest food bank in the world. And, and when we talk about food crisis and food insecurity, we all think about Africa, Southeast Asia. But, but do you know how many meals do we provide in Houston a year in the Houston Food Bank? Yes. Um, three million. 153 million meals. Okay. 153 million meals in Houston? We feed about 400,000 to 600,000 meals per day. Oh my goodness. I thought I was I thought I was giving you a number that was a pretty high number and I'm not even close. I'm not even in the ballpark. So, and, and even that's an example and and, and uh, what we are doing is not just feeding those people, we are investing the majority of our resources both on education but also on healthy food. So, about 70% of the meals that we provide are not just meal, but we also control the calories. We make sure that they have vegetables or fruits. And that is something that we are changing. So the same thing is happening in our company. It's not about just creating alternative food sources, doing it on a healthy way, and also allowing this technology to be developed all over the world and democratize uh, farming and, and nutrition. I'm still stunned that if I did I hear this correctly, 400,000 meals a day in Houston is what it, the food bank during COVID went up to over 800,000. Okay. And if you go to summer, unfortunately, you know, it, a big part of that is kids when there's no school and, and all that during the summer, for example, it's, 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 it's terrible, right? And, and again, and the food bank, because of the education, the main purpose is to create a world where food banks are not needed, right? And so in the end, we are all contributing to, to, to that purpose. That's amazing. Well, uh, thank you for your, your work there in the, in the local area. I, I, I'm still just struggling to process that number on a daily basis and how that's like, I mean, it, you, like you said, you constantly think of food insecurity around the globe, but 400,000 meals needed a day in, in the city of Houston is just shocking. Where are you thinking on expanding uh, these algae farms and taking this technology? I'm imagining you're having conversations with your board, and right now you have locations here within the United States, but are you able to share some of your expansion plans or where you're wanting to maybe go next? Are you, are you leveraging any of the you know, contacts and relationships that you have with our classmates globally? Yes. So, so first of all, we have plenty of growth capacity with our existing farms. Mm -hmm. so, so, so that is something which is great. So we have plenty of plenty of capacity today mm -hmm. just to keep growing and, and to keep growing exponentially, actually. But at the same time, because we in this business to expand internationally is not just a matter of business strategy and money. It's also a regulatory process. So mm -hmm. where we are creating supplements and new and new proteins and, mm -hmm. and you need to go through a re regulatory process, which is one of the headaches we have and one of the barriers that you have when you go international. You have to go through a process that like the FDA, but in different places. We just got last year the TGA approval to be able to sell our, our oil in, in, in Australia and in New Zealand. But it took us years to do that and hundreds of thousands of dollars of investment. So so that is but 
once we do that, of course, uh, a, a no-brainer. And me being originally born in Europe, I was born in Spain. Um, so Europe is a no-brainer for us. And, and when you talk about healthy food, plant-based and sustainable, Europe is a, is a big market. But Asia and and, uh, and Middle East is huge. We've, I've spent some time in, in, in some places in Middle East and and both from a private perspective, but also from a government perspective, they are really excited about what we do because that will allow them to, one, um, create jobs, to use some of the resources that they don't have a use for them, uh, and number three, contribute to the food security of a country and decrease some of the imports that they have to do, you know, to to, to feed those people. So, so. Um, we are in conversations in, in different places in Europe and in other places for future um, expansion of our technology. But today we are really laser focused on maximizing the potential of our existing farms mm -hmm. in the United States. And there's plenty of possibilities afterwards. But, but uh, you, you know me well, we are always thinking ahead. And, yeah. and yet there are conversations in different places out there. For sure. Well, Share with us what books you've read recently that, that have had an impact on you or your business. Any recommendations for th folks that are listening, young people that are listening? I mean, it, it is funny. Uh, so, so one book that I, I, I really uh, recommend to everyone, and, and I have it here, and every person in our company has read those books. Uh, it is Extreme Ownership. I, 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 I mean, I told you uh, about this. This is one of the things that, that are, uh, uh, it, it, you know, it, it was transformational to me. Mm -hmm. um, I remember the, I remember one of my favorite quotes in there is bust them. Remember when they were in those, in those boats and they would, they, and the waves are crashing. It was like, let's go bust them. And then they'd head out in the surf again and again and again. At any time that I, you know, I'm feeling a little bit challenged or, you know, I'm just like, all right, come on, Bob, bust them. Let's go. I mean, that, that book is so inspirational. It, it'll fire you up. Then one thing, and, and this year we talked about that when, when we were at, at HBS, it is AI, right? Artificial intelligence and how is artificial intelligence impacting our businesses? But, you know, one of the things that I like is philosophy and and there are a couple of books around uh, artificial intelligence, which is one is called Life 3.0. Life 3.0. Okay. I'm going to write this down. I, I have not read that one. And, and um, yeah, and, and, um, and there's another book, which is a little bit more controversial, which is uh, Human Compatible. What was that again? Human what? Human Compatible. Human so compatible. Okay. In, in the end, it, it is how to talk. But then, I mean, there are many books uh, around uh, food, you know, food safety and, and food security and, and scaling up. But, but let's say those two extreme ownership, which is something that mm -hmm. I recommend my kids have read. And Yoko has books for kids. So they have, he has, I think, at least four, which is great. And every kid should read those books about it. it is, and then, Artificial intelligence is something that it is really impacting our lives in every possible way, and and is now going to be impacting um, jobs and it's going to impact uh, everything, right? So talking about limits, boundaries, and, and potential ethical 
uh, challenges. So it's a, it's a good book to have a discussion uh, with a glass of wine. Oh, absolutely. Well, those are some of my favorite conversations with you over the years with a, a good bottle of wine and sitting down late at night and, and talking. Um, you know, to piggyback on your comment about AI, virtually a day does not go by in my life right now where I am not having a conversation with a CEO or business leader about OpenAI, ChatGPT, you know, how it's impacting their business, how they're leveraging it. Um, it Literally just this morning, I was uh, talking with you know, executives about this. I'm talking with my own staff about it. It's 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 coming at us so quickly, and it, it the impacts in every sphere of life are, are going to be great. It's, and, and I'm not uh, an alarmist. I know some people will take an alarmist uh, position on this, uh, but I am walking with my eyes wide open and trying to understand, hey, how, how can I use this for me, for my family, for my business? How is it going to impact my life? Uh, so I think that was a great recommendation. I, I had never heard of that book before, and I can't wait. I'll make sure it's in the show notes, but for people to, um, to look into that. You know, one of the uh, questions I've been asking our guests and I'm going to change this up on you because I apologize. I sent you over a list of things. It's like, hey, I might, you know, kind of, we might discuss some of these topics. One of the ways in which we've uh, closed out many of these sessions here recently, just because of everything that's going on politically and all the changes, but I've asked leaders, you know, if you had the opportunity to give a State of the Union address to the American people, what would you say? What Maybe what words of encouragement? And if you have an idea, something that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear that thought. But I, just based on the way our conversation was going today, I had a different idea. I, I, to me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a simple man. Yeah. And, and I like to, to talk about basic things. Yeah. I would, I would say we need to feed America. Mm -hmm. And we need to bring our attention to feeding America. Mm -hmm. And feeding America, talking about, it's, nobody talks about this. Houston, and, and you can see from here, I have an amazing view. Of oh, the it's city. a beautiful view over Houston. Yeah, but, but what you don't see is some of those neighborhoods. You said that there's a need for 400,000 meals a day. No, it's not. This is the meals we are capable to provide. There's a need for much more than that. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, right? And so, so feeding America, it's something that it must be in every party agenda. This must be something that we need to bring to everybody discussion and mm -hmm. everyday discussion. But second, mm -hmm. it is feeding America on a healthy way. Mm. Now we have, a, you know, one of the highest rates of obesity in the world. Uh, there's very little education around food. And, uh, and I think we should become the leading country, not just in technology and entrepreneurial and, and some, uh, you know, other technological advantages, but also in food and nutrition. I, I believe we should become a reference for the world in health and wellness. And, and everything starts with food. Mm -hmm. So let's start with basic things. Let's bring Feeding America to everybody's agenda, starting from scratch. I would like to do it on a healthy way mm -hmm. because must because that also has implications in our healthcare, in our jobs, in the you know you know uh, 
PTOs and, and the health, mental and psychological health of people. And finally, doing it, if possible, with product produced in the United States mm-hmm. on a sustainable way. And when I talk about sustainability, I talk about environmental sustainability, but also economical mm-hmm. sustainability. Because if it's not economically sustainable, it is not sustainable. That's brilliant. That's a brilliant insight. My goodness. I mean, I just think about the downstream impacts of what you've just said. I mean, if you're able to help America, not only feed America, but feed it in a healthy way, solving obesity problems, which then lead into other health-related problems. We're right now, there's so much talk in Washington, D.C. about exploding health care costs within the United States. Um all these various things that can be a, a a drag on the economy, but man, let's go back to first principles. As a right, if you fix first principles and go all the way back to the root issue and say, "Hey, let's make sure that young children growing up in America are being fed healthy, and we're changing their diets, and we can um, stop childhood obesity, which then leads into us solving all sorts of cancers and diabetes and so forth." Um, the downstream impacts for society are huge. It's one of the, probably one of the, the biggest things that we ought to be working on as a society, right? Absolutely, yes. Well, Miguel, the, the other question I was gonna ask you, and I'd love for you to, one final question. I know the time is short here and I'm so appreciative of uh, your, your graciousness and being with us today. Um, but it, it strikes me that as y- there's young children, we, we as young children were growing up, we're, so many children are dreamers. We dream about you know being astronauts and doing impossible things. And well, the word really impossible isn't in our vocabulary. Young children, when you talk to them, there's like they can do anything. They can conquer anything. And somewhere along the line, as children are growing older, all of a sudden, I think that society does a good job of putting boundaries on them, limiting factors on them. And all of a sudden, they, there, there comes a point in time where I think so many people stop dreaming, stop trying to do the impossible thing. They try to go the safe route. And as I'm chatting with you today, you, know, you as an entrepreneur have been talking about, hey, I've had failures. I've had to overcome failures. But so much of what you're doing is like, Bob, I'm doing the impossible. I'm doing something new. I'm inventing something. We're, we're, we're creating a company that has a mission that's larger than ourselves. It's going to outlive ourselves. You've, you've gathered investors and employees and partners and people to do something outstanding and to tackle what many people could look at and say that's too big of a that's too big of a problem that's too that's too big that's too complicated that's impossible to do but you guys are doing it so what word of encouragement would you give young people who desperately want to have impact in the world who want to do something great who want to have a a, a lasting legacy how what words of encouragement would you give give them so there's nothing such as too big of a project. It, it is important to keep dreaming. Uh, I, you know, how do I say this? I always ask people, what do you want to do when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And I ask this question to 80-year-old people, by the way. Mm-hmm. So it's not just kids, right? And, 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 the, 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 and to, to me, all, all I've done in my life, and you see my career, is kind of pointing me towards one direction, which is what I'm doing. I, I, I really believe that for some reason, I'm obliged 
to use all this knowledge and this experience and, and the contacts and the help and the support that I have towards making an impact in millions mm -hmm. uh, through the food, the food supply chain. And, uh, and that is, so the, the inspiration is you don't need to be big. You don't need to be rich. You just need to be um, willing to do things. No, by the way, nobody is born knowing how to grow nanocorrhopsis. Um, it is about reading. It's about learning. It's about choosing who do you grow up with, choosing who are your friends, choosing who do you spend the time with and study and read. You were asking about books. Read more, learn more, right? Mm -hmm. There's not such a thing as a too big of a dream. Now, there's a tipping point between dreaming and doing, and that's planning and executing. Mm -hmm. So the key is dream big, but then either you do it or bring around you people who can help you uh, putting those dreams into a paper. Mm. Because then the dream turns into a plan. And then when you break down that plan into tasks, then you have goals. And when you have goals and you put resources to achieve those goals, suddenly it becomes a reality. Mm. So, Dream big. It doesn't matter if you fail, if you fail, fail fast, but, but don't fail. The only thing I want to say, everybody says, no, fail is not a problem. It is. If you fail because you've not done your homework and you've not been diligent enough, that's not good. But try things, mm -hmm. learn and fail. That's good. But don't fail twice. Right. And then it's all about planning and executing and putting together the right team. And suddenly, before you realize something that was like science fiction, two years, three years, 10 years ago, suddenly it turns into a reality. In the US, it's a big example of that. This is the number one place in the planet where startups are created because of the environment, because of the brilliant people we have, but also we are attracting international talent here. So please keep dreaming, surround yourself, yourselves with the right mentors, the right friends, the right companies, and keep reading as much as you can. So many brilliant words of wisdom and insight packed in these statements that you've had with us from start to finish today, Miguel. It's an honor to know you. Uh, I am, I'm so proud of the work that you're doing. Um, even though I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on what you were doing in your business, I'm always amazed at even just a, a, an hour together on, on a call like this and asking some questions, I learn even more. Uh, there's a lot of things I learned today uh, that I'm going to be uh, thinking about and processing on. And uh, I am super hopeful that the folks that are listening, especially, I know we've got a, a large audience of young people that listen to this podcast, that they'll be motivated and inspired by your story and that they'll be thinking and dreaming big of, hey, there's other areas out there where we need you know, great thinkers, great dreamers, great doers uh, impacting the world and having a social and societal change. And um, well, I'm looking forward to hearing those stories of how you've been a, an inspiration to them. So thank you so much for taking time to be with us, my friend. Bob, what you do is amazing. You are an inspiration to me, and uh, I respect a lot what you've done and what you keep doing. So thank you very much for inviting me here 
and giving me the opportunity to share some of those, you know, these experiences and thoughts and failures with, uh, with you and, and, and all the people listening to the podcast. It's an honor. Thank you very much. Thank you, my friend. Today's episode was engineered by Mitch White with graphic and marketing by Tristan Dickey. Special thanks to our guest, Miguel Calatayud, for taking the time to be with us today. Be sure to check out all the great things that he's doing by visiting his website, iwilife, that's I-W-I-Life.com. And please try these incredible products by asking for them at your local Whole Foods, Vitamin Shop, and other fine establishments where only the very best health and wellness products are sold. My family and I have been trying this product and it's absolutely amazing. I think you're really gonna enjoy it. Thank you for spending time with us today and we'll be back next time with more.